We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Quick programming note on today's episode of Big Screen Sports. Had a little bit of audio difficulty recording remotely. You might hear a little bit of echo during the recording, but uh, try to keep it to a minimum and hope you guys enjoy the episode. Blue Wire. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire and presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm getting out of the doing an intro and post business. Uh, obviously, hope all the new listeners subscribe, rate, review. Social links are going to be in the show notes. But let's kick it right to my guests, here to talk the movie Goon, live from their respective quarantines. It's Will DeFreeze and Brett Merriman from Wash Media. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. It's so great to be here, Kyle, yet again. Kyle, I'm pumped to be yeah, here. Will returning guest, Brett new guest. Correct. And we're, we're doing this, we were going to do this in person, we're all live from quarantine, so we're going to see how a, uh, a, a three-way recording like this goes, but uh, before we get going in on... Uh, nearly a perfect hockey movie. Uh, tell me what you guys are doing at Wash Media to keep the content coming with the country shut down. Well, we're uh, we've self quarantined uh, Brett and new video guy Randy, and uh, we just want to minimize as much human contact as possible. So uh, we're just gonna be doing everything we can from the comfort of our apartment, and then uh, Dave Dylan and I are gonna try to record as much as humanly possible while we're. Uh, in our extremely sanitized studio, and you know it's sanitized because Dave's in charge of uh, of cleaning it, and he's the germaphobe, so we're in good hands. Yeah, and then on my end, I'm just kind of uh, I'm sitting here on my couch. It's a beautiful day outside. I have a balcony, so I'm I'm pretty much just uh, sitting on my email and flipping between that and Twitter, trying to continue to make some some business happen here, but also uh, you know continue the promo machine and. Uh, not not too much else, I guess. Try not to snack on all the stuff I just bought. And Will, where can the folks check out all the podcasts you guys are putting out? Hit up Circling Back on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are found. You can also tune into uh, The Mail-In, which is starring Dylan and my now wife, Sally, as well as producer Dave. And the Sunday Scaries podcast, which you can find anywhere podcasts are found. And you can always, always uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash circling back podcast where we'll be putting up uh, a lot of content over the next few weeks if you're not an optimized backer then i don't know what you're doing with your life but guys let's uh let's talk about what i what might be the the funniest hockey movie of all time we're talking about goon the 2011 hockey comedy starring sean william scott Lee schreiber and jay baruchel was written by baruchel and evan goldberg directed by michael dallas gets an 81 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Before we dive into the movie, uh, Brett, as a first-time guest, you've got to tell us, for you, what makes a good sports movie? So I put a lot of thought into this, honestly, um, because it kind of started going back and forth with me where, well, I want some realism to it. Like, I like the having actors that are also athletes. But then I kind of I kind of jumped off a bit. I was like, well, I kind of don't really care about whether the team wins or loses, but I do care about some sort of resolution at the very end of the movie that leaves... Uh, the viewer sort of satisfied. And that's kind of one big thing that I want. And the other th- big thing that I want is I want to cry at some point in a sports movie or at least oh, be man. emotional, push to the point of like tears. 
Okay, well, well, let's stay with you. Is this a Hall of Fame all-star starter or bench warmer sports movie? I'm going to say this is an all-star. Now, I'm assuming this is basically like four stars, three stars, two stars, one star type of thing. I'm going to go, yes. go all-star because it's one of those perfect, like you order a Domino's pizza and you're like, well, fuck, it's raining outside. I don't know what to do. It's a perfect movie to throw on Netflix or, or Hulu or whatever you decide to watch it through. So it's, it's getting an all-star rating for me. Will, what about you? In terms of notoriety, I feel like it's a starter because I feel like people look at it and they're like, oh, it's a hockey movie with Sean William Scott uh, set in Canada. So people, I feel like people don't think it's like legit. But for me, it's an all-star. I, I do love it. And every time I watch it, I sit back and I'm like, man, this was, this was great. Like, I, it's just a very solid sports movie for me. But I do think it somewhat straddles the line between starter and all-star. It's definitely not a bench warmer and it's definitely not a Hall of Fame. For me, and and I, I have some reasoning behind this, this is a Hall of Fame movie. Really? I, I will tell you why. So I, I like to give movies credit for being the best versions of themselves and doing exactly what they're trying to be. Uh, this movie is trying to be a, a funny, very funny, very quick, easy hockey movie to watch. It, it is very basic plot line. It's not, it's not like Miracle where it's this deep emotional story. It's, it's just this guy. And it, it accomplishes everything it's supposed to accomplish. Kind of like Brett said, it's an easy watch. It's really funny. Everyone in it is funny. It's it, it's an excellent cast, excellent ensemble. Um, I I love this movie. I I think for what it is trying to do, it hits it like hits the ceiling. I I don't know if this movie could be better. So I'm I'm putting it in the Hall of Fame. I I'm I'm going for it. Kyle, I respect uh, what you're doing. I I can't put it in the Hall of Fame yet, but I love that you're sitting there doing that right now. I'm just shooting a shot. That's <laughs> really what I'm doing. And before we really dive in, um, obviously Sean William Scott stars in this movie. He's uh, it's kind of been a mixed bag for him since he came on the scene with American Pie. I've got to ask you guys: Do you think this is Sean William Scott's best movie? I basically got three nominees for what might be his best movie. There's the American, there's American Pie, whichever one of those you like the most. Probably American Pie is in the Hall of Fame of movies that aged horribly, like 20 years after they were released. Uh, the The Rundown, that movie with The Rock, right when The Rock started acting, which is sneaky, really good, really good, rewatchable. And then Role Models. Brett, is this Sean William Scott's best movie? No, it's not. And you, you got to go with the classic here. You got to go with the American Pie series. Um, that was right at the time when I was like eight, nine years old, when that stuff was like American wedding came out. Um, and that was sort of like my foray into being, uh, like a, an adult. Like that was the first form of like puberty. I think I ever had besides old school. Speaking of old school, I think that's my favorite Sean William Scott cameo is when he is. Oh yeah. That's when he's the, the, what's it called? The, the play, not the playpen, but the petting zoo. He's like the petting zoo, uh, guy. You got a fucking dart in your neck. You got a fucking dart in your neck. He had one of the best lines from old school. Yes. But you still, you can't call, you unfortunately can't classify that as a Sean William Scott movie. Will, is Goon Sean William Scott's best movie? It's not his best movie, but it's his best performance, and it's it will forever be his best performance. But uh, much like Brett, uh, American Pie coming out summer of 1999, me being a 12-year-old, just really looking to see some things for the first time. American Pie will forever go down as my favorite Sean William Scott movie, but his performance in Goon will forever be his best performance. That's a that's a fair caveat. American Pie is set, isn't it set in Michigan as well, Will? Yes. So that, that's another thing for you. Like, yeah, they, it's a play on uh, Grand Rapids. I think it's like East Great Falls or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, American Pie hits all the nostalgia notes. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure it introduced the word MILF into the popular culture. I think so. Uh, but I mean, it really has aged poorly, <laughs> especially especially the whole the Nadia plot line, Blink-182, watching on the webcam. Um, Sean William Scott's got a really good it's a really good top four American Pie rundown role models and goon. Like if he retired tomorrow, that's a quality top four to put on a personal Rushmore. Is is role models one of those like uh, twenty one Jump Streets that you don't really realize is as good as it is until a year or two after? A hundred percent. Role models is great. Sean William Scott is more of a 
adult Stifler in that movie. Like he's still, he's still, but he's, he's funny. It's not like the obnoxious kind of, kind of thing, but he's more closer in that vein than he is in, in Goon. But Paul Rudd is throwing 120 miles an hour in that movie. He's hilarious. You know where I bet you he made his money? Most of it anyway, is probably all these, the Ice Age credit he gets. I'm looking here. He's, he's got the voice of, of an Ice Age character, the animated series, I guess. He, I bet you that is pumping his coffers, if not more than American Pie is. That's why he could have afforded, he, he was able to afford doing that sequel for Goon. He do, doesn't have to take the checks. Right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into the IMDb trivia. I'm going to try to keep this one brief. This the, the top one was news to me. This film is based on the book Goon, the true story of an unlikely journey into minor league hockey by Adam Fertasio and Douglas Smith. Footage from Smith's career as a hockey enforcer is shown during the film's credits. Jay Baruchel wanted to adapt the book into a film after noticing a lack of hockey comedies in recent years, I, I texted Willis last night. I wish I had read this book, and I kind of want to. I'm very curious about this real-life dude. Uh, I would love to read this book. Like, I'm worried that it's not going to hold up because I have, like, a pretty glorified view of the movie. But, I mean, a uh, Canadian minor league hockey book? Like, yeah, sign me up. Yeah, all in. And speaking of, of just Canadian minor league hockey or hockey in general, there's a lot of... I, I really respect when movies try to pull people who actually played the sport at a high level or participate in the sport. It just lends to authenticity and the, the film feeling well. Uh, Kurt Kielbach, I don't, it's K-E-I-L-B-A-C-K, I'm, I'm awful with names, who plays the role of Halifax's play-by-play announcer, is actually a former NHL play-by-play announcer. He's fantastic in this movie. Just excellent. Uh, and then uh, there, there's a couple other cameos in this movie. Uh, cameo by then Bruins goalie Tim Thomas, uh, former NHL center Mike Ricci. And then, uh, Brett, you, you've got to pronounce the name for me so I don't mess it up. Who, who plays the enforcer who, who politely asks Doug if he, if he wants to go? Georges Larocque. Georges you kind of got to have like a little bit of a French kind of to it. Georges Larocque. And that's uh, yeah. I don't have that in the in the repertoire. <laughs> One of the greatest fighters of all time in uh, in NHL history, really. And they, uh, the the character that Schreiber I think emulated was this guy uh, Peros, uh, who was a I, I think uh, George Peros or something Peros, who was on the Dutch for a long time. Just one of those really classic fighter types. Will probably remembers him. Um, yeah, the, the fighters, the fighters I grew up with that I that I hold near and dear to my heart are just like the Red Wings, the Red Wings guys that you've heard of, like uh, Bob Probert and uh, Stu Grimson for a little bit. Wow, Probert could throw. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's a piece of the trivia. In an interview with hockey blog Puck Daddy, Schreiber notes that he was inspired by hockey enforcer Bob Probert as an homage to the player he taped his wrist for the film, just as Probert had done when he played. Love There's it. actually Love a documentary okay. out on Amazon Prime right now that's about Bob Probert, and I haven't dipped into it yet, and I cannot wait to do it. The uh, One of the plot points that about the character being... Uh, Schreiber's char- character suspended for 20 games for the slashing of an opponent in the head from behind. It's based on the uh, the Marty McSorley incident when he, he slashed Donald Brashear in the head. I think that makes sense. I remember seeing that and being like, uh, holy shit, chill out. <laughs> Yeah, Ross, uh, big, big shot from Ross the Boss Ray. Let's um, let's get into the categories. Let's get into best scene. I will uh, I'll list some nominees. We can kind of talk about them. We can we can pick one at the end. There's a lot. There's a lot of good scenes in this movie. Uh, the beginning where Doug kicks that guy's ass because he used gay slurs. Doug Doug Glatt an ally. Um, the montage of Doug joining that first team, the, the lower, the, the, like the, almost like the beer league team, like the much lower minor league team learning how to win fights. Um, there's one of my favorites, the, uh, the team intro, which is just when, when Doug first gets to Halifax and it's just Gord going around introducing the team and everyone's super Canadian, but you've got the Russian guys. It's like, that one for me is hard to beat. When I think about this movie, I, I think about that scene a lot. Easy. Anything you need, you tell me, he'll do it. Don't hesitate. Good to meet you. It's nice to meet you. I'm Glug Dad. 
Doug Glatt. Sparky left where? Paying for his med school. Asians aren't industrious people. I guess hockey is like math to him. Ice and the pucks are like equations, eh, Sparky? Where's my fucking helmet? Starting goalie, Marco Belcher. Call him Belchy. He's from Regina. Regina? He drinks a lot of hand sanitizer. What's so fucking funny, giggly bits? <laughs> we have your mama right here. Oh, yes. Look at this beautiful smile. There she is. Say hello. Oh, it's called fuck your mother. Oh, what? Yes. Oh, just like a bill chip. Your fucking Chernobyl motherfuckers. Your mother's pussy so fucking tight. No way, baby. Come out there. No way. You adopted. I'm on your team. Does anybody else see this shit? What the um, I, I can't really like it, it's just it's so funny every single part of it yeah and that's kind of going you, you stole one of my like chill on the back of my neck moments was the first like I'm a sucker for a good intro of a character or like an, uh, an origin story and so that scene when when Doug kicks the guy's ass in the stands is one it's, it's got to be my favorite of the movie in, in general as a big scene but there's a couple that kind of made like I, I laughed out loud at one of them being the uh, when the the Asian guy on the team breaks his nose and the trainer's trying to help him out and they pull kind of the casual racism card that he's in med school on the side and he goes no no you know what just just get out of here I have it they they mention that in the team intro thing too yeah when they're talk the Asians are an industrious people <laughs> yes when he's talking about him studying for med school. Um, some, some other scenes that are great. There's, uh, Ogilvy's speech before the game. There's a couple of his speech of Gord's speeches, but the one where he's like <laughs> the, um, three guys in their team are fucking divorced. Three guys there whose fucking marriages are in the fucking toilet. It just <laughs> like the whole, the whole running gag with the, him getting divorced is the best. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's Doug's speech to his parents at the restaurant when he's talking about how, like he's proud that he's a part of something. It's actually a very meaningful Ernest speech. It's probably the best that Sean William Scott is in the movie. Uh, there's when Doug meets Ross Ray at that restaurant. It, Schreiber throwing 110 miles an hour. He's so good. He's got that quote, everybody loves the soldiers until they come home and stop fighting. Um, there is Doug taking the puck to the face, uh, leading to the post-game brawl. You can hear that crack when the puck hits its mouth that like made my body shrivel up when I when I listened to it. Um, there's the final game where it's like Ross Ray is just the savvy, tough veteran at his best. He suckers Doug. He makes him like really earn the crown. And then the Doug and Ross, the boss Ray fight. That That's what I've got. Did I miss any other scenes that you guys really liked? All of my scenes that I have are in the list that you just gave. The, my, my favorite part is the ask. Like, I think you guys both said it, the ass kicking in the stands. It has serious R-rated Henry Rowan Gardner vibes of just like, all right, this is where they discover him. This is where it's going to happen. And then, uh, yeah, the part where he gets hit in the face, that's like the most painful thing I've ever seen. And then all of a sudden, when they just start wailing on his face with their sticks, trying to like just put the puck in, it's like, it's just whoever does, whoever did all these sound effects should have won an Oscar for this movie because the amount of sound effects they had to have put in after the fact that were like punches, sticks hitting the ice, just like teeth falling out, like whatever. The amount of noises that they had to like put in these scenes to make them great, I mean, they just knocked them out of the park and those are my two favorites. Brett, what about you? Sound editing was phenomenal. The one scene that you didn't have was the the scene where basically La Flemme sort of turns um, in from from the from a bad guy to a good guy, right? Where it's Doug stands up for him again. And he kind of gives him that smirk after the after he uh, when they're heading to the box, and then Laflem gives him a drop pass, and Doug tries to shoot and like botches it, but it goes to Laflem instead, and he gets an assist, like his first ever assist. That one I like fist bump for. I was like, holy shit, that is awesome. There's surprisingly a big amount of hockey in this movie. Yes, like there's a lot of action. Yeah, I'd have to say for me personally, it's it's what the movie leads up to. It's the the Doug and and Ross Ray fight. It's like the how it's set up is perfect with the clock ticking down and the power play. Ray kind of sensing that it's like the 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 climax of his career. He taps the glass, asks Doug if he's ready. Kid, ready? Yes. Thank you for asking. 
it's kind of like Hector and Ach- versus Achilles and Troy, only if like Hector had won. And then it it goes into the choir singing that operatic song with Ray spitting out the tooth and smiling like. watching him kind of pass the crown to Doug. I thought that scene was for a, for a, just a bloody hockey fight. I thought it was beautiful. Just perfect. Well, I love the way that they're just circling and posturing with one another the entire time. And if like the whole lead up to that just doesn't get you like excited enough, the, uh, the bagpipes that they played to set the tone for that entire scene, in the beginning, it just, oh, it's so exciting. I, I was just so pumped up. Now, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to be the, the, annoying critic here i just it it felt over the top for me based on the rest of the movie it just it felt too like try hard i guess with the tone and and i wish it was almost more over the top like there were fireworks or something that you know it's such a departure from like the, the 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 total vibe of the movie up to that point i wish it was if it was more over the top it would have landed as sort of comedic for me like you know the scenes in Kingsman, when they start just, they're in the bar, and they start like, just everything is happening at 100 miles an hour in, in a fight scene in Kingsman 1 and 2 or whatever, I wish it was more like that. So you wish they would have leaned into it even more? Y- yeah, I, I wish, I just, I don't know, something didn't land for me, and I can't describe it, but that, that scene just, I have that in my what didn't, not what didn't work, but what, um, I wish it was like something that did give me the chills, and it didn't. That's fair. It's good that we have a variety of opinion. Go ahead, Will. Sorry, I said I understand Brett's take, but I don't know if I like it. <laughs> I, I don't love it. It's not my favorite take that I've heard so far on the pod, but, I mean, we got a variety of opinion. We're going we're gonna to appreciate, appreciate diversity, diverse opinions today. I want to move to best quote, and there's a lot of funny cracks in this movie, good quotes. The, the announcer, McAudrey, has a ton um, Ross Ray has what might be my second favorite, but I, I just have to ask you guys off the bat, can any quote beat two rules, man, stay away from my fucking Percocets and do you have any fucking Percocets, man? All right. Okay. That is, it's all time. And I, you know what? That, this whole movie, I don't know if you guys have, have heard of the show Letterkenny, but this whole movie sets up Letterkenny to be a success because that type of, of humor out of the goalie and just basically everybody is what brought to that show that is now like this cult absolute hit. Um, it was the, the line right before that, I believe, where I, – I, I'm trying to find it. But it was, it was right in that same speech where the goalie was talking that I loved. Yeah, he is – I think everything he says is really funny. Uh, the the goalie Mario Bellachor, like just his accent in general is hilarious. But that line, that intro, because right before that, the uh, the Russian guys are just are skull fucking his goalie mask with pictures of his mom. So exactly. it's hard to top that. There's nothing that beats that line. Uh, that line was a line that I knew was in the movie before the first time I ever saw it. And it was a line that delivered when I saw the movie for the first time. And it's a line that we said numerous times after. And it will always be the best line of this film. And one of the best lines in like any sports film I've ever seen. It's fantastic. It's I have uh, I have for so long tried to like decline adding a, a best quote category as to not seem like I'm completely ripping off one of my favorite podcasts, The Rewatchables. <laughs> but, but that quote, I, I couldn't not have a category just devoted to that quote. There is a few more in this movie that's good. A lot of them, like McAudrey, the announcer, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go crack some champagne and make love to my lady. It'll be the first time, the best time in a long time. Uh, after Doug's goal, after it hits off his ass, it was Doug Glatt in the conservatory with his ass. There's just a bunch of of like uh, little lines from him that are funny. He's one of my favorite parts of the movie. But I think the the second best quote, and it's not a joke, it's not like a funny line, is when Ross is talking to Glad in the restaurant. He says, You have my respect. Whatever that means to you, you got it. 
but know this shit hard. If ever there comes a time when it gets down to the marrow and it's you and me, kid, I will lay you the fuck out. That is my second favorite line in this movie. It's a hell of a line. I mean, he really just, if it weren't for the, the Percocets. The, the one, the other comedic line I like where Glad's like, What about LaFlame? Where's he at? Probably giving some single mother herpes in a parking lot. That got a pretty good laugh. Iconic. This was a stupid line and not a very good one, but it still makes me chuckle because it's supposed to be like obviously somewhat romantic, but with a ton of comedy mixed in. Just when she tells, uh, she tells him that she, uh, that he makes her not want to sleep with a bunch of guys anymore. It's like, oh man, that's just so romantic. And for some reason it's, it's a stupid line, but it makes me smile. You shouldn't be in this movie and we'll get into this with what worked. Like you shouldn't be rooting for this relationship, but you definitely are between Doug and, and Eva. It's it's great. It's super sweet. Yeah. Do you so um, I've I've ahead. never been an Allison Pill guy. And I don't know why. I think it's I didn't like she was in the newsroom, right? That's kind of where we know her from. Besides Goon. I know her from Scott Pilgrim. I never actually watched the newsroom. So she, for me she's in um she's in Scott Pilgrim. She's she's like part of his band. I know that's a very niche movie. Um, but that's what I know her from. I only gotcha. know her from this. That's the extent of me knowing her. And so while I've never been a huge fan of her necessarily, I like her in this movie. So She is apparently in that new show, Devs, which I am wanting to check out ASAP. I'm maybe hoping, since I have a lot of time at home staring me in the face, that that'll be something that maybe by the time this episode airs, I'll have at least watch episode one. So that'll be interesting. Um, let's take a quick break here from our sponsors and get back with the most and least authentic parts of the movie. Big Screen Sports is presented by BetOnline.ag. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline.ag, still has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. Turn your quarantine place into your own casino. That sounds like a win to me. Uh, it's all open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stocks, even the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's 100%. That is all your money plus your money. With your first deposit, be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. That's all one word, BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Now back to Goon. Okay. Um, let's get into the most and least authentic parts, sports-centric parts of this movie. I'm not a hockey savant. That's why I brought you guys in here. Uh, Brett, for you, what was the most authentic part, sports-centric, hockey-centric part of this movie? So the main answer is the locker room, where it's just an absolute free-for-all shit-talk like haven for a team of, of guys like this. That is all authentic. That is all real. The chirps, the the camaraderie, that all is absolutely spot on. Will, what about you? Uh, the bars that everything happens in are like the most like Canadian small town feeling bars ever. And it just makes me want to go drink a bunch of Canadian beers all at once. It just feels so accurate to me. And I've watched enough games and bars that feel like that, that it just takes me back just watching it. I felt the same way. Those bars look like they would have just been the best time. There's one specific bar that it takes me back to. And I've watched so many Red Wings games in that bar on this small little TV. And I, I just love it. it, it they, they knocked it out of the park with like pretty much all the bar scenes and wherever they're sitting around. It really the only made... thing I had for authentic. Oh, go ahead, Brett. Sorry, it just really made this. Because I, I had the boozing down as uh, most authentic. It really made me wish we had something in the area that was just like a boozy dive sports bar that you could just order a bunch of like draft Bud Lights and Coors Banquets from that gave you the same vibe. Maybe like call it the Lodge or something like that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the only thing I had for Authentic was that uh, Ross the Boss Ray is a believable hockey name and sounds so badass. It was perfect for me. He looks like a dude that you just wouldn't want to fuck with. Like, I mean, oh, absolutely the not. casting of him was great. And he, he, that like Schreiber knocks it out of the park the entire time. He does a really good job of being an unlikable, intimidating dude who also commands your respect a little bit. 
And the thing is, he's not even from Canada, but he comes off as this old, hard Canadian badass. He nailed it. He's my favorite character, the supporting character of the movie. But I had one more thing on the authentic side, which was the goalie on every team is usually just a little bit of a weird guy and just kind of out there and everybody likes him, but nobody really like hangs out with him. So, and the goalie kind of matched perfectly in this movie. He's just so funny. Let's go into least authentic. Uh, Brett, what's your, your least authentic part of this movie? So the, the gameplay obviously is always, you know, in a movie like this is always going to be questionable. I think I, I've never seen really good gameplay in, in that many sports movies besides like miracle. I thought did a really good job with actually showing hockey and guys who could play hockey. Um, on that note, the, like the constant fighting in every game, maybe that's goes, that goes on in like the Canadian, you know, junior and beer leagues and whatnot. The fighting has pretty much been phased out of professional hockey. Unfortunately, um, you know, you see one every now and then, but like to fight somebody every single game is, is sort of inauthentic. Obviously it pushes the storyline forward. And then um, kind of like the immediate call up to the big leagues as a guy who can't skate, um, you know, sort of, reeks of inauthenticity i would have liked to see like say that glatt had played you know youth hockey or high school hockey and then became a bartender or secure like a bouncer and then got the call up and kind of knew how to skate a little bit i think that would have been a better entry for me than uh like a guy who kind of you know happy gilmore-esque but um that was kind of the one thing that reeked inauthentic to me well what about on your end totally agree Totally agree. And it's mainly with like a guy that with that little skating prowess is never going to make it that far. And I feel like it would have been very, very easy for them to not have that be part of his character. I feel like they could have just, yeah, alluded to the fact that he played hockey in middle school and high school and then, you know, yeah, quit. Like that seems like it'd be such an easy thing to make him a good skater. I mean, he's Canadian, so like he probably is a good skater. So, like, just having him being that bad of a skater is just, like, a little... It just seemed unnecessarily inauthentic when they could have just not had that be part of it. At the very least, a passable skater. Yeah. Because he's a guy who him and his buddy who runs, like, a hockey blog or a hockey show or going to hockey games all the time, it's not out of the question that they would just skate. Like, they would be in a They would have been in a beer league. Yeah, it's very weird. And, like, even in upstate New York, all my buddies who didn't play hockey, they all can get on a lake and kind of make do, you know? Like, even that would have been better than just a guy who literally couldn't take a step on skates. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I had for least authentic was uh, hockey players are are just generally very tough, but that last fight between Doug and Ross, one of them is dying. Someone has, like, irreparable damage. They're going to a hospital... They're, they're DOA. No referee in his right mind would let that fight go after Doug hits the hits the ice. Like, it's just not happening. That's one of my favorite parts, though, is when Ross points at the, the ref and is like, don't even fucking think about it. <laughs> like, he's not done. I just, I love that. I love how, it, like, over the top it is. Let's get into what worked about this movie. I think there's a lot. Uh, we, all, we all so far have spoken very highly of this one. I want to open the floor just starting with Sean William Scott. I think he plays a super lovable, simple guy. He's really earnest with his team, with Eva. He even lets Eva's boyfriend beat him up. Uh, I just, I thought his performance was was fantastic. Will, your thoughts? He crushed it. Like, he was believable as being a goon. He was believable as a guy that could beat the shit out of people. But he also played a very uh, kind of, I don't want to say down to earth, but you know, modest dude who you did feel bad for in a way because he's so innocent and it seems like everyone around him is kind of shitty in their own different ways. And so I, I, it just, it was really hard to watch the movie and not just really want the best for Doug on and off the ice because he, I think he wants the best for everybody else around him too. It's just weird how much I like him for being a movie where he beats the shit out of people. Brett, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to really agree with everything Will said there. I thought his performance made made a movie, a, a comedy about hockey available to everybody, even if you don't understand hockey, if that makes sense. Like his, he connected it enough with an everyman character that even if you don't know how to put on skates and skate or shoot or whatever, you can watch that movie and laugh 
based on kind of the trials and tribulations of this guy. And I, I think it's hard to do with a movie that's kind of so inside the locker room like that. Kind of what Will said about how he makes you want to root for them. This movie doesn't work if you're not a hundred percent on Doug's side or rooting for Doug. If he comes off even a little bit unlikable, it will feed into your your when you watch him beat up people, you're not entirely sure if he's a good guy. But he is so earnest and perfect off the ice that and even in even on the ice when he's doing these things and protecting his teammates and, and the mantra that he tells his parents, kind of like what he believes in, it works perfectly. I mean, if they gave out acting awards for hockey comedies that are mostly have had most of their life on Netflix, like Sean William Scott would have gotten an award for this. It's it's it was just a fantastic performance. I've got to ask you guys about uh, Baruchel's character. Pat, who's like the the obnoxious best friend, what do you think his Hot Ice podcast is like right now? Because you know he'd have one. <laughs> I I don't I don't I don't know if I like this actor, and it's and I don't really have a good reason why because he's really? in a lot of things that I do like, but I just don't know if I actually like him. And his podcast is so over the top, or like whatever he's doing, he's just so over the top. But he makes me laugh in everything that he's in, including this. At the end, right before the fight, when they, uh, like before the big fight, uh, when he's talking into the camera and he, he shouts out the P squad, I was just like, this is, that's a hilarious line from him. That, Will, you're like, that scene for me almost redeemed his character. <laughs> when he was just like, yo, shouts to the pussy squad, like shouts to, the, oh shit, like I guess my mixtape's dropping, and then he had to turn the camera around real quick. Like, that was very, very funny. It was laugh out loud, yeah. I mean, Brett, you'd be the, uh, you could probably be the best judge of this. Is he just like, he's a typical mass hole? Am I right in, in assuming that? Well, he's a typical like Eastern Canadian maritime guy who's just, there's some of just these absolute degens, they call him up there. And he, he paints this picture perfectly. And I like how he wrote the film too, which kind of gives like a, a credence to that character and he embodied exactly what he was trying to do some of those guys you, like the way I, I put it is down here guys maybe they have like college you know college football sec absolute hardo degenerates he's that like canadian or canada's version of that is what he is embodying and he does it he does it really really well it was over the top for me but there was one scene where he's sitting down with um the, the dad from American Pie, the name escapes me at the family dinner. Eugene Levy. Yes. He, I thought they were very, that whole family dynamic was funny. But he's just dropping F-bombs left and right. And then Eugene Levy just kind of like, what are you what are you doing? And he's going, oh, fuck, sorry. It's fucking so sorry. And like that got another little like hot for me. So I thought his character was, was painted really well as this obnoxious guy. And I thought he did a good, good job. Brett, what else did you have that worked about this movie to you? Um, the, the characters on the hockey team, and we kind of talked about it earlier, but like the Russian line, the closeted gay dude, the drunk divorced guy, the superstar Frenchman, the goalie, like the way they took, you know, eight or nine guys and they said, okay, these are going to be the characters that gave more color to the film than just the Eva, um, Doug Glatt story, which I, I really appreciated. I thought gave the film more volume kind of overall. I, I thought it was the best job in getting a, a group, getting a lot of team members involved with their own separate gags and personalities since maybe a movie like the replacements or major league. A lot of movies struggle with a lot of sports movies struggle with having everyone on the team kind of having a role, just like sports actually struggle. It's tough to make everyone count and everyone good and this movie does a really good job of that. Will, what else did you have that worked about this one? I, I agree. I think the entire cast as an ensemble just did a really good job. And I think they got genuinely funny people who fit genuinely well in their roles. Even, you know, the coach. The coach was just this brash, uh, tough guy who you could actually see just being a grinder in a minor league hockey league. And it just, it while it's over the top and everything, it's still somewhat believable that all these guys could potentially be doing this uh, if they were, if they had a different path in life. 
Yeah, there's just a lot of good running gags throughout the movie. There's the kind of the stuff we talked about the goalie with his mom on the mask and like the Russian guys consistently harassing him. Like when they're, they're pissing in the, in the piss hole in the back of the box talk, talking about the goalie's mom. It's just great. The, uh, I mentioned it before the gag about Gord getting divorced. Like he brings it up in all his speeches when he's calling her at the bar and then his last speech, like his last speech before the game, he's like, I lost my woman. I don't see my kid enough. Like he just works it into everything. That shit, that shit kills me. Well, we're not here because I'm a good fucking captain, because I'm not. I fucked up a lot of things in my life. I mean, I lost my woman, and I don't see my kid enough. And I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel I've gained a family. You boys. You skated, you fought, and you fucking bled. And you have earned every piece of this. You got that shit that makes you keep going long after you got no reason to. That thug shit. I also totally agree with Brett in that it's it was genius of them to make the goalie just be a weirdo. Like every single goalie, it's kind of like like I feel like catchers are the same way. Like there's just certain positions in sports, like relief pitchers, that are just kind of weird. And it, it they nailed it with the goalie. The movie just casts perfectly. It's just a an excellent job of casting. I want to leave uh, praising Schreiber to another category. I've got a, I've got a lot to say about Ross the Boss Ray more than I've already said. Um, guys, for you, what what didn't work about this movie, Brett? I know you had mentioned something. What for you wasn't ideal? You'd already mentioned kind of the fight. Was there anything else? Yeah, I think unfortunately I never bought into the love story like you guys did. Like I, I kind of I found myself wanting to skip that to get back to the get back to the boys almost like I wanted to see more of a road trip and a bar scene than like the coffee shop date with Eva. Although I did think it was very funny that when he just brought the flowers and the chocolates and like the teddy bear, like date one to a coffee shop, the official mascot. Yes. The official mascot of the Halifax. Uh, I don't even remember their name. name. The Highlanders, Halifax. baby. Yes. The Halifax Highlanders. How could I, how could I forget? Um, but yeah, just the love story never did it for me. And I think it's more that I couldn't get by Allison pill than it had no place in the movie. So if it, maybe if that's cast differently, I buy into it more, but I just kind of found myself not loving that. Well, what about you? Was there anything glaring that took away from the movie? Uh, just the, for me, it was just like, I know they have to do this because it's a movie about fighting, but just taking it further than it could ever possibly go in a realistic way there's no way that they're going to let the guys fight that much there's no way that these guys no no hockey fight is as clean as they make all these hockey fights look most hockey fights are a mess they don't offer a lot of actual punches and so i know it's the entire premise of the movie but it just it's you can only see so many fights that before you're like okay this is getting ridiculous um, but yeah, I mean, to speak to Brett with the, with, with the romantic subplot, I didn't buy into it as much as, as much as I would say that I don't, it didn't make me hate that subplot enough to make me dislike the movie. If that makes sense. Uh, I didn't, I, I'm not necessarily buying into it and I didn't, I don't actually care about it. But as far as it went, it wasn't so much of a part of the movie that it took away from like being with the boys and, and that, that whole plot that I didn't like it. But I don't know. It was just – it's not the greatest thing about the movie, but it, it wasn't so bad that it took away f- from the movie for me. I thought the better thing about the, the romance subplot was more – letting you buy into Doug and appreciate Doug more as a character and like who he is as a human than like you said, actually being invested in the romance. You don't truly like care about it, but it does give you, it's like the, the, the first date thing, like that funny gag, but it's also Doug is very genuine and this movie needs as many moments as possible to help you keep buying into that. So you can get over the fact that his only skill is beating the shit out of people. So I think it was effective in that way, but yeah, it's not the, it's definitely not the best part of the movie. Yeah. 
let's go into the Kevin Costner and Freddie Prince Jr. awards for best and worst on-screen athlete. Uh, you guys tell me. I feel like Schreiber looked like he could beat some ass, but did, did anyone actually, besides the the NHL cameos and then the guy who played Parky, the uh, the Asian med student, actually played some some high-level hockey? Did anyone else jump out to you guys as a a good or bad on-screen athlete? I mean, uh, for me, the the guy who whoever played La Flemme, I the the mouthy Frenchman, his character was outside of Schreiber, my favorite supporting character. And I just thought he, he kind of played this cool French cocky fuck really, really well. And if that's him who was skating too, that dude should be in every hockey movie because I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, we haven't talked much La Flemme. La Flemme, whoever, whoever skated is La Flemme, if it wasn't him had handles. I didn't, I don't believe LaFlemme from the standpoint of his size. Like he's a tiny man. Uh, but whoever played him's got, got some speed and got some dangles. So, I mean, whoever, whoever did that major shouts to them. If it was him, even more shouts. The actor is Canadian. His name is Mark Andre Grodin, a, a name that I am certainly mispronouncing. He's from Montreal, uh, so it, it very well could have been him, but it's funny. We haven't talked about him a lot, but he is very kind of like Brett said, he, he plays that, that part of this like badass cocky French hockey player. Yeah. He, he has been yeah, in a he, ton of stuff. Me, yeah. What were you saying, Brett? I just, I, I was going to say, kind of reiterate that for me, he, he brought another dynamic to like the, the funny outside, you know, the, the world of a failed professional hockey player trying to get his shit together. And I thought he played, like I bought the cool, like shitty apartment scenes and the, the hooker scenes and like that kind of thing. I, I thought he played those really well. So for me, he, he's getting my right up there. One B with Schreiber in this movie. One of the best LaFlemme parts is when, uh, Doug brings Eva to the apartment for the first time. And LaFlemme's got this girl like sitting on the, sitting on the couch and Eva introduces herself, and LaFlemme's like, oh, this is uh, Debbie. Dakota? And she just looks down and shakes her head. Yeah. I just love that it was um, da- her name was Dakota. That's what he asked. Like, that's a really <laughs> aggressive name to ask. <laughs> uh, on, on, that, on that note, let's get into the Lenny Harris Pinch Hitter Award for Best Supporting Character. This is, it's, a, it's a tight category for this movie. I think, first and foremost, uh, as my guest, I'm going to let you guys decide... Is Schreiber, is Ross the Boss Ray a supporting character? Would you consider him a supporting character in this movie? I don't know. I mean... He's not in it a ton. Yeah, I'd say he's supporting. But, but he's integral. Yeah, he's integral. If you're going to go outside, you know, Baruchel, Doug, Blatt, um, Eva, I, I, I guess maybe you put him supporting, but I, I, he's on the edge for me. He can go either way. I'll be fine with it. I think if he's supporting, he's the pick. Do we want to just talk about Schreiber as Ross the Boss Ray for a second? Will, what do you think? The man. Uh, the scene when they're in the bar talking together is... I, I didn't say this earlier, but it probably, it, it probably is my favorite scene. Uh, I just think that they had a really good rapport together in that scene. I think he absolutely nailed the kind of character that he needed to be in order to play that. And yeah, I just, he, he's great. And he looks the part, he looks like he's the perfect age to retire from minor league hockey. And he also looks like a guy who you don't want to run into on the ice. I just, he was absolutely great. Yeah. If he's a supporting character, then he absolutely wins that award. Brett, your thoughts on Schreiber. The, the, the line where they're in the bar and he drops, uh, it's 3am. What are you doing here? We're playing you tonight or something like that. It just, it, it's the perfect, his delivery of everything you know the the acting is on the the on the ice stuff but like the delivery of kind of the quieter scenes that he does while still kind of getting this you know brawny tough character across without saying too much is fantastic so he is he's getting my my award for this movie as a supporting character he's excellent he i mean he's just he's fantastic that that dinner scene with with glad is excellent it is very much clearly the king not entirely ready to pass down his crown, but if so, he's going to make Doug earn it. Um, some other, I think he's obviously the pick. Some other nominees are, you know, we, we just talked about Laflem, uh, 
Kim Coates, who's who's coach Ronnie, will talked about him. Jonathan Cherry as the the goalie, Belichor. Uh, the, the the announcer Kurt Kyleback is Rod McAudrey. He's perfect announcer for this movie. Richard Clarkin is Gord Gord Ogilvy, classic Canadian veteran. I love the scene where Doug suspended and he's like he basically takes it upon himself to like oh, shit I gotta go fight Ross for my team to to defend my team since uh, since Doug is suspended. I love love that moment. I don't know how authentic it is, but I love Gord when Ross is like, you don't have to do this. And Gord's like, ah, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And that's another thing as you were kind of like going through those, they, the, along with the casting, the names they created for this movie just felt so genuine and so Canadian to me. Besides like La Flemme being the flame, obviously everything kind of, it, it felt very, I should have put that in my authentic thing, but, um, yeah, you're, you're spot on there. They definitely didn't make the names of this movie with a sports movie podcaster who's bad at names in mind. They uh, they, they fully went for it. Uh, <laughs> let's go into what is always my favorite category, the big chill. Uh, I have three nominations. You guys can let me know if I miss something. Um, kind of a little bit during uh, Shriver's speech, looking back on the game in the restaurant, just kind of like... That always gets to me, like ex-athlete looking back on their time, reminiscing. That that's always that's a that's kind of a sucker for me. Uh, the bagpipes. I, I think one one of you guys mentioned this. The bagpipes when they, when they're walking out of the bus and pregame and everything. Bagpipes. I'm all in on any bagpipe situation in anything ever. You've got my attention for at least ten to fifteen minutes if you you drop bagpipes. And then the choir song starting after Doug wins the fight, heading into the montage of Laflemme taking over, taking him into the playoffs. Did I miss any big chill sequences for you guys? No, not for me. Brett, what about you? Just the, uh, just the, I mentioned before the first intro, like the the creation of the character, and then the Laflemme smirk uh, to Doug finally, like, hey, you have my back, and I got you. So when he gave him that smirk, and the, so, I got chills. So is that your big chill moment, or did you have another? That's going to be my big chill moment, is the smirk. That one scene where Doug finally gets the approval of LaFleur. Will, what about you? Bagpipes, Scotland the Brave playing, just dudes getting ready for the game, skating out. It's just, I just love it. And that's that's probably me being partial to uh, to any bagpipes ever. But uh, and it's probably me angry that uh, I didn't get bagpipes at my wedding like I was originally planning on because we we switched up the plans. But uh, any anytime bagpipes are in the mix during the uh, the climax of a movie, I'm probably going to choose that. An excellent movie that I discovered while doing this podcast recorded it months ago now with Matt Sussman. It's called Men with Brooms. It's a curling movie. It's also very Canadian. Stars Leslie Nielsen is legitimately very good. But it opens with bagpipes. And I knew right then I was like, okay, I'm in fully invested for at least 20, like the first 20 minutes of this movie because of the bagpipes bagpipes always win. That's my pick too. Um, would this make a good 30 for 30 if, if it had happened in real life turns out in the, in the post, you know, post rewatch research, it did. I would be very interested in seeing a 30 for 30 on this guy. What about you guys? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially now, I'll take any sports content that's new at all. So, yeah, sign sign me up for a thirty for thirty. I like the uh, yeah. the names of the teams he was playing for, Doug Smith, where it was like the Chattanooga something and the Atlanta and like Nash, like all these cool non necessarily hockey towns in in America, but that you can tell have rowdy fans who love fights. Yeah, I'm gonna have to gonna have to read the book. Um, let's get in. How would you guys improve this, Brett? Not calling you out. I think you've probably been the the most critical out of the three of us. Not to say that we've really been that critical on a movie that we all at least had as an all star. What would you do to improve the movie from like a sports or plot standpoint? So I think the one thing that I want to mention is like you can. It's very clear to me that. The creators of this movie, the producers, said, okay, we have this, this – the, the main plot line is this guy who's a nobody who can fight like a motherfucker and gets on skates and goes in place. And like that was what they built it around. So the, you built it around the creation of this character. They, they didn't have much to end it with other than like, okay, he's winning fight, fight, fight and kind of makes his way up. 
and you kind of get to the last piece, and it's just the, the big fight between him and Ray. So that's fine. If you want to make that the, the main plot, fine. They did that, and it turned out well. I want something to I wanted to be invested in something other than the love story and maybe give more team championship like tournament story. I guess if that makes sense. Like give me more of the boys on the way to the championship. He gets the fight out of the way and then maybe Dutch scores like a winning goal at some point down the line. So I want less love story, more team championship plot line. Brett's just here for the boys. He, he's here only for here for the boys. I love it. Will, what about you? How would you improve this one? I'd make him. I'd, I'd just completely alter the the timeline of the movie to allow him to be a serviceable skater, just so I wasn't thinking about it the entire time and stressed about him like slipping on the ice. Uh, I would, I, I would change the love interest in a way. I don't think recasting it is like going to change much. I think it just needs to be rewritten. Like I just. I don't know. I just it wasn't it didn't do enough for me to to keep it in there the way that it was. I just wish it was a little different and not that I, w- I just wish it wasn't laid out like that. Um, but as far as everything goes, honestly, I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm a big fan of 90 minute movies. But they could have done ten extra minutes, and I would in in tournament play, and I would have been pumped. That's what I. That's what I. I would have just liked to have seen the playoffs in some form. I think the movie ends kind of perfect like it's fitting the ending is exactly what they were going for again i'm giving this movie credit for not trying to do too much it wasn't trying to be the movie about the team winning the championship it's more this this story about a goon but i would have liked to have seen playoff action maybe like because of the suspension when he misses ross the boss ray the first time the final fight happens in a championship game that might have been too much but I, I would have liked to have seen what playoff minor league hockey is like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there was time to put some in. 90 minutes, I mean, it's, it's the perfect movie length. But, I mean, I could have done more. But I, I guess I'm happy that I was left wanting more. Well, final category, before more or restore, or rather see a prequel, sequel, or remake, um, they have made a Goon 2. Have either of you seen Goon 2? Yes. I have not. So I haven't either. I'm the I'm the I'm I'm bad because I'm I'm doing the sports movie podcast. I haven't found the time yet. Will, if you if you had to give a scale of one to ten, rate that movie. What what is Goon Two? Uh, I don't know scale of one to ten. It's been I've only seen it once. I saw it right when it came out, and I remember thinking to myself, "Huh, they didn't do a disservice to Goon." So I will say it's worth watching if you liked Goon. It's 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 a it's a very entertaining sequel. Well, it sounds like something we're going to have to uh, to cover at some point down the road. But guys, I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your quarantine days. You guys haven't been able to wash your hands for a whole hour, so I really appreciate this. Uh, Brett, first, where can the people follow you? Hit me on Twitter at Schmerriman, S-H-M-E-R-R-I-M-A-N. Same thing with Instagram. And uh, generally, just get, hit the uh, hit the washed media accounts, circling back pod on Twitter and Instagram, and um, that's kind of where where I want to direct more business anyway. Will, where can the people follow you? Follow me at Will DeFreeze across all social media platforms. And I mean, in this trying time, add Will DeFreeze on PlayStation Four if you're trying to play some FIFA 20. Do it, folks. Do it. Um, that is it for this episode of Big Screen Sports. As always. If you appreciated what you heard, please go subscribe, rate, review. You guys know the drill. Follow us on Twitter at big underscore screen sport, Instagram at big screen sports pod. You can follow my personal Twitter at Kyle Banduho. And please make sure to check out from Phenom to the Farm, my interview series presented by Baseball America that comes at you every other Tuesday. Until then, we'll see you next Monday. Thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.